Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in the Sermon on the Mount to Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, which reads, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Once you choose the narrow gate and begin your journey on the narrow way to life, there are numerous enemies, and they are shrewd. They are called false prophets. A true prophet is God's mouthpiece, chosen and equipped by God to bring his message to people. A false prophet pretends to speak for God, but is actually a self-appointed mouthpiece for his or her own message. False prophets are people who exert spiritual influence on people contrary to God's way. The New Testament speaks of false prophets, false brothers, false apostles, false teachers, false speakers, false witnesses, and false Christs. Satan counterfeits everything good from God, and he infiltrates every group where God is at work. Everything Satan does is deceitful. God uses his spokesman. Satan counters with false prophets. Please listen to Pastor Jim's message entitled, Beware of Wolves. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. Well, Timothy, you think Brother Paul has something important to say to you here? I, I think so. And what does he say? Here's what you need to do. Preach the Word, referring to the Word of God. Where has he mentioned that? Oh, I don't know, two verses before this? That's what he's talking about. Preach the Word, which is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Preach the Word. Then he says, be ready in season and out of season, if it's popular or not. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Now, don't tell me you're not supposed to turn from your sin if you're a Christian. What does reprove mean? What does rebuke mean? What does exhort mean? Get somebody who's going off the track, point out where they're going off the track, help them fix it and get them back on track and go along and help them with, the, with their walk with Christ. But then look at what else he says. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. This is the first century. This is the late 60s of the first century. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away, from, turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. That passage from the pen of Paul is saying in different words exactly what Jesus said at the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount, the summary of which we've just seen today. Is this practical? Is this relevant? We're sure not in the first century, but it is practical. The largest church in the United States is reputed to be Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. And I say reputed because among the mega churches, somebody might want to argue over which is the greatest. 
Uh, its famous pastor, I will give him this, he does not delve into the idiocy of the prophetic claims like the New Apostolic Reformation false prophets, but he is a large and loud example of doing exactly what 2 Timothy chapter, two, or chapter 4 describes. The message is ear-tickling, telling people how good they are, not that they have a sin problem, and affirming them just as they are. Throw in a few words from Scripture, because after all, this is supposed to be a Christian thing. The message of alienation from God due to sin, the message that Jesus bore the wrath of God on the cross, the message that hell awaits if you don't turn to the Savior, that's missing. Death, burial, and the resurrection is far less prominent. I won't say he never mentions it. He might even next Sunday when it's Easter. But more prominent is humanistic self-affirmation. I saw that I'd look it up, so I Googled it Friday of this week. And immediately, first thing that popped up on my screen was from that church's Twitter feed Friday of this week. And here's what it said. If you're not getting what you expect from others, let that be okay. You can affirm and approve yourself knowing that God handpicked you, He breathed life into you, and He put seeds of greatness inside. So the meaning, you're just not watering your seeds of greatness enough. You need to affirm yourself more. Nothing about looking... You belong to a family. Come alongside each other and nourish each other. Well, I thought that was pretty silly, and then I was wrapping this up, and I thought, you know, maybe, maybe I ought to go back and, and uh, copy and paste that for my sermon. So I went back two hours later. There was another tweet from the same church. This one is a prayer. Father, thank you that I can find my value and worth and approval in you alone. Now, is there an element of truth in that? Yes, in Christ, but that's not what he's saying. Father, thank you that I can find my value and worth and approval in you alone. Thank you for the people you've placed in my life, but help me not to become dependent upon them. I declare that I have approval and have your approval and love, and that's all I need. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, is there an element of truth in that? Well, yeah. But is it drawing you to the cross? Certainly it isn't. And by the way, thank you for those people you've, you've put into my life. Well, that, that could actually refer to your church family, you know. But I don't want to be dependent on them. Oh, no? You're commanded to be dependent upon them. We need each other. When one suffers, we all suffer. When one is blessed, we all rejoice. That's how this works. Now, that famous preacher of that famous church, who I need not name, he now has a son who preaches from time to time. The son's name is Jonathan Osteen, who recently said this. This is a direct quote. God is proud of you. I imagine he's sitting on the front row of heaven with his phone pointed right at you. He's cheering for, he's cheering you on, celebrating every step. You're so important to him that he doesn't want to miss a moment. That is, 
Did you say hogwash? I didn't know you spoke Greek. Okay. That's, my friends, I, I, don't, I don't say anything to pretend I'm a judge, but that's blasphemy. God sitting on the front row of heaven with his phone pointed at you to videotape, videotape you because he's so proud of you. He died because he couldn't be proud of you. He died because you needed a redeemer. He sent his son to take on humanity to bear the wrath of God for all who would accept the free gift of eternal life in Christ. Now, if you're having a funny sensation hearing stuff like that, what you're feeling is somebody trying to tickle your ears, spiritually speaking. Let's get serious about this. Jesus is calling people to a radical commitment. One right gate, one right way, one right destination. Few who find it. You hear a message of self, self-affirmation. Um, you're listening to a wolf. You hear a message about the cross. You're listening to the voice of God. My friends, I, I've said this often, and Jesus has said it here in the first two verses of this invitation. You must come individually. You can't get through that gate on anybody's coattails. You must come empty-handed, stripped of every, all the baggage through that gate. And once you become part of that, you become part of a family. And from the moment you give your life to Christ, you cannot practice Christianity apart from a local church. That's crucial. You cannot obey those one another commands by listening to TV or listening to the radio, watching TV, watching something on the internet, reading a book. You have to be involved with other people. First command, enter through the narrow gate. Second command, beware. There will be many who will try to deceive you and bump you at least over to the side of the road if they can't get you off of it. I was thinking one time, I wrote this down, I found it and tweaked it a little bit. It's so true. Wouldn't it be great to, some, to see some people devote themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ and to His people to the same extent that they devote themselves to their hobbies? You look at our culture, uh, you see people willing to take on payments for years for the vacation home or the boat or the motorcycle or, or the RV or to save up for the, for the newest equipment. How does that compare to their commitment to Christ? I don't mean, you know, if, if you just bought a boat, you don't have to slink out. Okay, that's all right. But what's the priority? What's the most important? You see people willing for their families to arrange most of their discretionary time around the hobby or is it around the body of Christ? You see people willing to spend days at a time or at least as many non-working hours as possible devoted to the hobby. You watch them willing to study and read and spend time with people who are more experienced in the hobby. How does the Lord fit into that? That doesn't mean it's wrong to have a hobby. Okay, I, if, you, if you love gardening, garden. If you love, if you love boating, boat. If you like hiking, hike. But Jesus is your Lord. What's the priority system? One one writer put it this way about Americans. He said, we worship our work, we work at our play, and we play at our worship. That's pretty pithy. There are boundless distractions along the narrow way. Beware. Now, Jesus isn't done yet with His altar call, but are are you listening? 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.